my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. So I'm recording the intro to this episode again. I've already recorded the episode, but I'm recording an intro to that episode now because this episode is about financial complacency and financial abandonment being a red flag in potential partners or in your current partner, if this is your situation. So in other words, a a partner who's going to allow you to struggle to uphold everything yourself and feel perfectly justified and fine, even though you are managing the mental, physical, financial, spiritual stress of all that by yourself and almost feeling entitled to, well, that's what you need to do and how lonely and how painful that that can feel. I'm going to talk about how it doesn't usually start off or there may be signs at the beginning, but you may not catch it. And just really wanting to help women where this is your trauma pattern, or this is how it shows up in your partnerships for you to start to see that now, because usually it's hidden because the people who present this way can don't always look like bad people. Like they can look like good people who have good hearts, but don't, don't show up in this way. So thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Okay. So I have a question for you. On a scale of zero to five, where zero is, I don't think about it at all. And five is I'm fully connected. How on top of your hormone health are you? If you said zero to one, it is time to build that connection. Your hormones and your cycle are central to your overall functioning and regulating your body will completely transform your mental, emotional, and physical health. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality and it shows. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. And even though it helps for more than just menopause, Hormone Harmony is great for any horrible menopausal symptoms that put a woman's life on hold, like hot flashes and night sweats, raising thoughts, low mood, poor sleep, feeling tired all the time, bloating and gas, lower sexual desire. Hormone Harmony can help with all of those things. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code BGH at checkout. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. That is what this episode is about. I'm going to say that in a little bit more when the episode starts, but I wanted to come on here ahead of time because I wanted to be really clear with a couple of things. First of all, I know that there are 
relationship dynamics and situations that vary and span all of us that vary in, there's a spectrum. <laughs> there's a spectrum of financial situations and relationships. So there are some relationships where it is intentional and you are okay with you, especially if you're in a, a heterosexual relationship, but you as a woman carrying the financial load and your partner staying home and taking care of everything. And y'all are both totally fine with that. And that is not what this episode is about. This episode is for people, women who are in relationships where you are feeling exactly what I just said before, where you're feeling abandoned, where you're feeling taken advantage of, when you're feeling resentment, you're feeling that the other partner resents you. And there are things that are happening that you want to not happen because it's too painful. This is for those of you who may not be in those partnerships now, but you have in the past. And hopefully me talking about this puts words to things that you felt before. This is for those of you who've never been in that type of relationship, but you have in your kind of repertoire of dating and partnering and marrying unavailable people that this wouldn't even be on your radar and you can meet someone that you think is really great and come to find out that this is actually something that was hiding underneath but you didn't catch it because it didn't look like how things looked like for you before. So that is where this is coming from. It in no way is equating somebody's worth with how much they make, because we all know that there are people who make six figures and above and they're trash people and they want to throw water on you if you're on fire. So this, this really, <laughs> I just want to make it very clear because money and when we talk about money, and especially if we do have a connection to our money and our worth, and if we're good enough and all that, talking about it can feel very triggering and it can make us feel really defensive. And in case that is the case, <laughs> I wanted to come and have that disclaimer going up front so that those who need, who need this for their healing can hear it. And those who need this on their radar can have it. If you know someone who needs to hear this episode, please send it to them and let them hear it. And I hope that this helps set some people free. And I hope that it helps some people feel better on the other side. All right, let's jump in. Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. So I hope that this episode is helpful for the ladies that need it. I've been wanting to talk about this for a long time, but I didn't quite know how. I wanted to make sure that I was sensitive to all sides, especially to men, because I know I have some amazing men who listen to this podcast who are amazing and show up for themselves and super self-aware and great partners and able to look at places that they can improve and just be emotionally available. And so I wanted to be fair to everybody. And at the same time, this topic of being with partners who may be financially complacent or may abandon you to uphold the full financial picture in relationships, who may be financially negligent, is a recurring theme that I've seen in the work with women in the community, in our community. And I've wanted to try to find a way to discuss it that made very clear how much of a red flag this is. And it wasn't until I started to rebuild or build for the first time the curriculum for our coaching program, our From Avoidant to Available program, 
one of the things that I talk about in the program are what specifically, like, these are red flags. Like, there's no guessing. I think in previous iterations of my coaching programs, I've um, helped people see what their patterns were, but there was, like, no, like, master list of, like, these are the red flags. (laughs) And that's definitely a part of this program, and this is one of the red flags. And I found that I had a lot to say about it, and I was like, I don't believe in hour-long lessons. So let me just go ahead and talk about this on the podcast for everyone and then just add this as like a supplemental resource in the course. So you're going to get the benefit of hearing from this, hearing about this as well. So let's jump into this. Today, I'm going to talk about a lot of different components about this. I have a couple pages worth of notes. (laughs) So uh, who knows how long this episode is going to be but I'm going to do my best to not make it super long. But I'm going to talk about why it is that we connect with people who are financially complacent or may financially abandon us in relationships. Um, I'm going to talk about what it looks like when we're in relationships with them and how they present and how we end up missing this as a red flag. I'm going to talk about how the relationship changes once we're with them, because usually once you start off in relationships, at least the type of partners. I'm going to talk about people who are financially complacent, who are nice guys. And I'm specifically talking about men in this episode instead of partners in general, even though I've definitely supported some lesbian and queer clients who have been in relationships with with other women. And they can definitely relate to what I'm about to talk about today. But for the most part, the majority of times that I've helped women with this, it has been in heterosexual Um, cisgender heterosexual relationships. So that's the lens I'm going to come from today. But with that said, I'm going to talk about how we miss this with nice guys and then end up getting got. I'm going to talk about how this, the trajectory of the relationship changes throughout the relationship and why we end up staying with them. And I'm going to talk about why this is a red flag and not just like a temporary life stage, which I think is why many of us will overlook when someone shows up with not being financially responsible or not being financially a provider, because it seems like this is something that's fixable, especially if we happen to be successful and we know how to overcome whatever we're going, whatever they're going through, we are more willing to, to kind of roll with it. And I'm a, then finally, I'm going to talk about things for you to keep in mind, what to look out for if you stay, and what you need to be prepared for in case you leave. So y'all, like I said, this is actually five pages worth of notes, but I'm challenging myself to get through this in a 45-minute to 50-minute episode. So let's let's talk about it. So again, the type of man I am talking about today, I'm not talking about men who are typically very overt and how they show up as far as being financially negligent. So these are men who are like scammers and will um, intentionally ask you for money to pay for their rent and all this stuff from the onset. I'm not talking about um, fuck boys. I'm talking about nice guys with good hearts who are very tender and loving and kind-hearted and seem like they want the best for you, but it just appears as if financially they have not been able to break through to the level that they want to break through or that they tell you that they want to break through. Usually these men are men who talk about having aspirations, but no, 
somewhere along the way, there's something always happens that stops them. And as you listen to their story and as you listen to what they've gone through, it makes it makes a lot of sense for you. It it explains what what has gone wrong. And because it sounds logical, it's like, well, this isn't their fault. And, you know, I'm a stick beside them. Like all, all of that stuff is what it can trigger for you. This happens for women across the board, no matter your socioeconomic background, no matter uh, whether or not you identify as love addict or love avoidant, because what this, what this triggers in you or what this provokes out of you is for some women, if your story is related to caretaking, if your story is related to being codependent, especially if you're related to being if you relate to being parentified, if you have grown up with models with women who have taken care of the household and kind of struggled and worked, worked, worked multiple jobs or made a little bit work, you know, whether or not it's poverty trauma or just the way that it's worked that you're, the women in your family were the, the heads and the providers. So when you meet a man who presents as more passive or more laid back or docile, docile, it doesn't really stand out to you as a red flag because it's what you've always seen. It's what you've always always experienced, especially if they're showing up and being emotionally available available for you and kind and loving and the other ways that you may need, you will really not really have it on your radar. Also, it happens if you are someone who's like super compassionate and caring and understanding, which is many of us. And so when they talk about their background and why they've been kind of stunted or why they are the way they are and talk about the dreams and the plans that they are in process of making, like maybe they're saying right now I'm going to school or right now I'm going for a promotion or right now um, I am making X plan to get out of this. We will, we will hold space for that because we want to make sure that we are not being judgmental of someone who's trying their best. So here's here's how this will set you up though. Because the the punchline of what happens when you're in relationship with someone who is financially complacent and someone who is a financial financial abandoner is you will end up holding the heavy load in the relationship, not only financially, but usually emotionally and mentally and spiritually because their lack of responsibility or lack of ownership, like self-ownership when it comes to finances and actually um, pushing themselves and making changes shows up in other domains of the relationship as well. So this is where we'll get stories of women who are with men who end up resenting them, who end up being jealous of them, com- competing with them, men who do the 50-50 thing, but really ends up being like 60-40, 80-20, 100-0 over time, even if it might not have started like that explicitly at the beginning. So we get set up to get into that place where we're not looking at how someone is, how a man is with his finances from the beginning as an indicator of kind of their emotional strength. And to be clear, before I go any further, I'm not talking about whether or not someone makes a certain amount of money because someone can make 40K a year and 
budgeted enough to where his his wife or his woman stays at home and he's investing and doing what he needs to do, right? Like this isn't about a dollar amount. It's about a mentality. It's about whether or not your partner is going to step up and make sure that you're provided for. You know, I have a family member who her partner does not make something that is super competitive, but he has told her over and over that if or when she feels like she needs to leave her job, that he's got it. And he will make sure that she is mentally, emotionally supported and cared for while he's giving her gifts, while he is supporting her emotionally. This is a healthy relationship. This is not a DV relationship where it's like, this is a possessive stay home and I'll have control over you. But it's a truly, purely, you're my woman, you're my queen, I got you. And that energy is what you're looking for in a partner. You're looking for that safety and protection and that can happen at any income range. So what I'm talking about is those of us who get in partnerships with someone who is willing to let us carry that load, <laughs> that for them, it is, it's almost like they feel entitled that that's okay. Like they're entitled to, or they feel like that's okay, or that that's normal. And so that's the premise of this. With all that said, when we listen to someone's like backstory, and this is why they are the way that they are, and we're acting in our compassion and care and not really filtering it through, okay, this is their story, but does this work for me long-term? Like, if this never changed, would I be okay with this? And I, actually being honest with yourself about would that actually be okay with you? Because sometimes we can say, yeah, I could totally live with this. And then you get into it and it's like, wow, like, this sucks. <laughs> this is not what I expected. We listen compassionately. And now we want to help protect them, protect them from the disappointment that they've experienced from other people. Because typically these stories come with examples of, you know, former partners, for, former baby mamas, you know, parents, employers that didn't believe in them, teachers that didn't believe in them, and people who sabotage them from moving forward. And that's the reason why they can't catch a break. So now you listen to that and you're like, you know what? I am not going to be that person for you and I'm going to prove you wrong and I'm going to love, I'm going to prove, I'm going to prove that part of you wrong that believes that, you know, the world is unfair and I'm going to, I'm going to be that ride or die for you and I'm going to be in your corner and all that stuff. And what that does is when things start to hit the fan, you don't really see it or acknowledge it or think of it as being a problem because you've already gone into the relationship expecting to receive less and be okay with that because that's what's needed to support him and support the relationship, right? Don't want to add yourself to the name and to the list of people who have harmed him and, and, and hurt him before because you see the potential. You see like this perfect person in front of you except for just this one thing and it's one thing that they want to work on. And so you're like, Got it. I can definitely help you with this. What this, what also happens here is because you are supporting them and also because there's a part of emotionally supporting them and because there's a part of you that also like, man, if I told my girlfriend what's actually going on with him, she would have something to say. You end up not telling your support system. You end up not telling them exactly what's going on behind the scenes and exactly what the deficits are because you're embarrassed. You're embarrassed because it they may 
judge you for it, or you may have fully aligned with him and be like, they're not going to understand the situation. Like they're going to just judge it from face forward and they're not going to get their true story. They're not going to get the trauma they went through. And so I'm just not going to tell them because I don't need to have anyone be negative in my ear. And so that leaves you exposed and vulnerable to stay in this situation when there are multiple red flags that may be firing at the same time. Okay. And also finally, this can happen and kind of slip through the crack is, you know, in this world, in this modern world, many of us, we get a lot of self-validation and validation from just society and the public when we are our independent selves, when we can really stand by the statement, I got my own and I don't need anybody to give me anything else. And so if you get partnered with someone who cannot give you that much, you're like, well, I'm fine as is. And the only thing that's missing is this emotional care and nourishment or nurturance. So for me, I'm fine. And also we are he he has a plan. He has all these dreams. He has all these aspirations to move forward. So we're going to end up being okay anyways, right? Let me say here that, you know, for women who have been provided for and taken care of, hearing what I'm saying so far can be so wild and be so surprising and alarming And this can be also why, going back to like living in secret, a lot of women don't share because usually it's like either or. Either someone is fully in one camp where they just don't even see this as a problem. And there are some women who are like, if he can't pay for this, this and this, and if he's not offering it, then I'm out from the jump. Like it's a very clear um, indicator that something is amiss. And I just want to say here that this is where sensitivity for all people's stories is really important because what's really easy for someone and what's very clear for someone is not for the other. And that's why living in community is so important. That's why living in honesty and vulnerability and talking with your healing circle, talking with your friend group, telling them what's actually going on, being open for advice. You communicating your advice in a loving, supportive way is so important so that we can all be protective of each other, so that we can all see what's up from the beginning. So that's what's going on with with you. Let's talk about what's going on with them. So like I said, these are typically the type of financially complacent men that I'm talking about right now are um, the good guys. So they usually have really great hearts. They tend to be very kind. They might be the men that make you laugh and just seem like really great friends. And typically they may also try to compensate for their lack of financial success by by supporting you in other ways. So maybe cleaning or, or taking out trash or laundry or cooking or anything like that. When you are in relationships with these um, partners, they, like I said a, a few times already, they typically have lots of dreams and ambitions. So they will promise you the world, like they will 
tell you, you know, when I get straight, this is what's going to happen. This is how I'm going to make sure I get straight. This is my next endeavor. And this is step two and step five and all that other stuff. And what you will find, what you will find if you're listening to the story is no matter how old they are or what age they are, they are, there's always something that gets in the way of them making plans or their plans actually coming to pass or something that blocks them. And if you're with this type of partner for a long period of time, if you're listening, if you're listening to this and you're still with this person or you've been with this person in the past, this type of person in the past, you find over time that their plans don't come to fruition because there's always something that happens or they drop out or they lose interest or there's always an excuse. And at first, if you may want to be supportive and you might even provide solutions and they may have lots of reasons why the solutions don't, won't work out or won't apply or won't fit. And if you're already committed to this person, you may try to write it out, but soon over time, you will find that this is just their, their type of self-sabotage that has nothing to do with you, that it has nothing to do with them not having access to solutions. It has everything to do with just their own limiting beliefs. Yes, also the trauma they've gone through and their own self-work that they have to work through to self-actualize and be and step into their full identity. You know, as I was talking about that, I, I wanted to share if you if you're someone who's listening to someone else talk about their dreams and their plan and they're telling you their their stories about how things have never worked out, and you start to think about, oh, well, if that would have happened to me, if I would have had that roadblock, I would have done this, or there's a solution to that, or but what about this? And you're starting to kind of like tap into these are all things that are solvable. I want your next step to not be the codependent thought of like, let me help you fix this. Like, this is easy because just like you have probably been very resilient and have very, very real limitations in your life that you, because you were so dedicated and because you were motivated and because you actually wanted the change, you figured it out and you did it, that person needs that same energy as well. So I want you to more so, I'm not saying not to help, I want want you to more listen before you offer in support and be very deliberate in the amount and type of support that you offer. And don't make yourself so committed to making this thing happen for this person because it is their life that they they have to have more passion and and more energy and more dedication to the outcome than you. If you are in relationship and, you know, I had a whole episode about being codependent as a healer. If you have more emotional charge over what happens to somebody than they do and uh, also finding a solution to the problem than they do, like maybe they're really good about complaining about something and they're really good about sitting in the problem and talking about how it's not fair and they have a whole lot of emotion about that. But when it comes to actually walking in a solution, not so much, pay attention to that. Because that, that's showing you where where they are. And that's why when it comes to being a healer and a giver and a compassionate heart, 
you have to be very clear on your boundaries. It's not about walking through life being stone stone cold and saying, well, if you're struggling, it's because you decided to be there. That's not what this is. Everybody has a story. Everybody has a reason of how they've gotten where they are. I want you to not self-abandon and risk your own sense of stability and peace mentally, spiritually, physically, sexually, financially to, to take care of somebody else, which happens in this type of partnership when you miss these red flags. So that's how they are as a person. But as far as what's happening underneath, usually this person does have a lot of trauma, like I've already mentioned. They have real things that have happened to them that has made it hard for them to feel confident in themselves and to feel strong. A lot of times abuse is really a part of this, especially emotional abuse or maybe even physical abuse that really makes them doubt their strength and, you know, their masculinity and it makes it hard for them to to stand in it. And all these things are very real. And it's also very real that this is something that they have to do the work to work through. And I think this gets missed as a red flag by women who are very compassionate and loving and giving because we incorrectly believe that we can love somebody out of their trauma. We incorrectly believe that by me sticking beside him and me nurturing this man is going to erase all of the memories that they have before. What that will do is absolutely add you to a support system. It may even add you to the inner circle, but he's going to have to do that shadow work He's going to have to go through those inner demons. He's going to have to release and forgive and unlearn all of the messages that he has learned his whole life. That is not something that you can do for him. And we really want to do that. And we really try to do that. But it doesn't make it successful, which is why, you know, once I get to what happens in the relationship, happens. Related to their trauma and the things that they saw and the reason why you know, someone who starts off really kind and loving in this relationship will end up kind of turning on you in a way. Happens is usually one of the trauma, one of the types of trauma that happen is around women and their families specifically, or especially like mother wound and mother trauma. Very similar to you, you know, like attracts like, attracts like they may have witnessed the women in their family or the mothers in their family do everything. Be the provider, be the protector, hold all the roles, be the financial provision. And they may not have had any or very few healthy masculine role models for them. So what they have seen is that, of course, women are supposed to do everything because that's what I saw my mama do. So you can do it too. They are not really as moved by once you get into a a long-term partnership with them. They are not really moved by the impact of the heavy stress and the heavy burden that being the provider of the home or the relationship or the family looks like for you because they don't really have any models otherwise and they did not have any masculine roles say, this is what a leader and a protector looks like, okay? Once again, I feel like this is a good place for me to say that I am talking about 
cisgender heterosexual relationships and their norms in this episode. I completely know that there is a full, full range of experiences. What I am talking to (laughs) is the experience of the cisgender heterosexual women who I've coached and who have been in my inboxes and who have cried on my shoulders and who have suffered at the hands of physical, mental, and emotional trauma and financial trauma, being in partnerships with men who did not care to protect them or love them. And my my desire in this episode is to add another way for you to see a red flag that usually slips through that we may not see because of our own experiences and because we're also told as Black women that we should be strong enough and resilient enough to not expect things from anybody and we should be grateful for the little bit that we get. I am very... I'm very intentionally trying to dismantle that right now. And so that stops me from being as expansive in my delivery that I can be. Sorry, not sorry. (laughs) So I just want want that to be very clear. So let's talk about how, you know, y'all are connected. All you see right now is the good heart, the things that they do for you. You're totally fine with like where they are. So some things that can happen as you, you know, splitting bills, you trying to help buy them stuff, you and you helping them enroll in school, you doing all kinds of things that may look like favors. Again, it, it does not have to be as overt as you paying somebody's rent or all that stuff, which though it absolutely can be, you know, you buying them shoes from Foot Locker, but it looks like small favors that you're trying to do to help lighten the load or be of support or show that you're in this with them or try to be fair and pull your weight. I hear that a lot from women who feel like they need to not expect everything from their partners and they feel guilt about it. It's not coming from a place of wholeness or empowerment that they feel empowered. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. As our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, it is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. To help, but it's more they don't want to be a burden to someone and which is carried on trauma. And so that may happen in the relationship as well. Ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with or who may not be super serious about the process and committed. With eHarmony's one-of-a-kind compatibility quiz, you get a baseline standard in every match of your compatibility around values, communication styles, likes and dislikes, energy levels, and so much more. My experience with eHarmony has always been superb with not only the quality of men I was matched with, but also with our compatibility when dating, eliminating the stress of feeling as if I was wasting my time. So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. And those small favors you find start to happen more frequently, become expected and become the norm because your your need to help upkeep the relationship is what is what's keeping the relationship afloat at the same time. Let's talk more about why this is needed to keep the relationship afloat. So I don't know about you and the journey that you've had to build consistency in your relationships, but the roller coaster of overattaching to people and then hiding from relationships after disappointment and heartbreak is exhausting. And sometimes you can feel as if you're trying your best doing all the things only to end up in a dead end relationship or confused if there's something you're missing about what you're doing wrong or what you're bringing to the table. And so because of that, in our six-month coaching program from avoidant to available, we help single women clear the path to develop and nurture healthy relationships with available partnerships, with available friendships, with our special high-touch hybrid approach combining group coaching, community support, and private coaching check-ins. If you'd like to get off the roller coaster of being either addicted or avoiding in relationships to become balanced and available, feel free to learn more at our website by going to from avoidant to available.com and apply to join us in the next cohort. So like I already said, typically part of the trauma that happens with these type of men as partners is the mother wound trauma. And we had a whole episode on mother wounds and men are just as affected because we're all human beings. We're all human beings with feelings and the human need to be comforted, loved, cherished, and esteemed as babies. Men, women, non-binary persons, we all have that human need. And when that is not there, it creates wounding and negative core beliefs and unhealthy coping mechanisms to go forward. So what typically happens is if a man is pretty passive in his ability to 
parent himself and lead himself, which looks like a lot of plans that don't come through and not really stepping in his full identity and ownership and being very passive, he is enabled by people who help take care of him because he doesn't quite know how to take care of himself. And usually these people are women. So whether the woman is his mother whether the woman is going from partner to partner, whether or not it is other female friends who see this and because of their own mother wound trauma, they want to come in and help mother as well. But you as a partner, you end up coming in and maintaining a role as mother instead of partner here. So you start helping to take care of them, whether it's emotionally or physically, especially financially. And it feels good, especially if you're someone who who ascribes to being codependent in some relationships, you get everything that you ever wanted, right? You get a partnership, you get that that access to a masculine form, you get to still kind of be in control and call the shots because typically this person will defer to you to make the decisions as well. But you get the help that they're giving you in whatever area they're giving you help. And it seems like everything can be copacetic at first, but you're missing, you're missing You're missing the richness that happens when you actually have someone who is looking you eye to eye instead of looking up to you or um, actually stepping into the relationship as your equal. What starts off as this mother, this mother son relationship, kind of like being a good thing that's kind of like blurry and like it feels still romantic. It starts to go left because it is connected to mother trauma. So that unresolved pain, resentment, bitter feelings, feeling misunderstood, feeling controlled, feeling judged, feeling all of that stuff, all the stuff that that person has most likely said about the other people in his life, especially most likely women. I miss that part. Typically this person, when you're first meeting them and hearing their story, when they're talking about all the people who've done them wrong, usually it's a long list of women as well from a variety of relationships, from partners to family, over time, you end up stepping into that role, not because you are looking for it, but that projection of their own trauma, because it was never about you. It's, it's never about whether or not they have ac- they have had access to healthy, available people in their life. It's more about how they feel about themselves and how they interpret the events that happen around them. And that's what builds their reality, right? So same thing I've always said about us as, as listeners of this podcast, that our relationships are actually a reflection of who, who we are and how we feel about ourselves. Their stories and their story that they're telling you is a very accurate reflection of whether or not they feel victimized by the world, whether or not they feel out of control, and whether or not they feel like they can actually step up and step into themselves that has nothing to do with you. So over time that honeymoon leaves and now you are, you are the enemy. You are the person who is now victimizing them no matter how much help or care or love you've started to give this person. It, it ends up becoming resentment. Sometimes the resentment is overt with them verbally saying it to you and verbally telling you how you're holding them back or you never helped them or you never believed in them. Sometimes they go into their own passivity, which can look like um, infidelity and them cheating on you and looking for ways outside of the relationship that they feel like a man and feel 
feel more connected to their strength if you have been leading the charge in the relationship. A lot of times, going back to kind of the point of this podcast and talking about the financial impact, when this happens, it can also look like them using your money to go and finance this life outside of the relationship. So with you, they don't have money to to wine you, to dine you, to take care of you. There could be a lot of conflicts. When meanwhile, they have access to your funds and they're using your funds to buy purses, buy dinners, buy shoes for whoever their girlfriend is, pay, pay their girlfriend's rent. I mean, you're over there suffering, but they feel entitled to do that because, again, you've been painted as the enemy. This can cause so much pain for, for you as the woman in this relationship and a whole lot of sense of helplessness where you may have entered in as feeling very in control because this is a slow burn, depending on how long you've been with the person. This, this usually presents as a slow burn because it's a nice person. You can kind of look, look up at where you are and be like, oh my God, how did this happen? And how, how did I get here? <laughs> and can I even get out? You know, I've said in other podcast episodes that sometimes people stay in relationships because they feel like they've been there for too long. And and especially when it's centered around potential, we can see what's going on and be like, man, I've invested too much time, energy, money, sex into this person. I have, I feel like I've communicated so much. I'd be damned if I leave and somebody else gets the benefit of my work. And to that, I would say I totally hear that and I get it. And also you got to look at, are you living in a fantasy that this person is magically going to fix how they show up in the world in the next, you know, in, in two months time, let's say you left and they, they, they met somebody two months later. I would more think that maybe the cycle is probably most likely going to repeat. But let's say, let's say your story, let's say you ended up leaving this person and they do turn it around. They do get better. I, I just believe that if you've spent a long time of your life waiting for someone to change and not living in what you actually need and want, I think it's actually more worth the risk for you to make a change and be with people a person, people who actually can provide for you and that you don't have to raise and you don't have to train and you don't have to coddle and you don't have to build, but that you can actually show up as your full self and your full womanhood and not have to do anything to stop working so hard. We work so hard in so many areas of our life and we feel like that's normal. And I know that relationships are work, but this type of work where you feel, where you feel like you have to mother and build a bear in a partner that I don't think that is the best path for us. And so it's totally up to you listening to that to figure out what does work for you and what doesn't work for you. But just wanted to share that. And just to be clear on, you know, the stuff that what I mean by mothering is typically because this person is, can be an underachiever in some areas of their life and like have these time gaps or skill gaps or trauma gaps that you coming into the partnership 
you decided to do so and they welcomed, they fully welcomed you in because you were like the missing piece for them and um, really great at helping them. That support now looks like being told what to do and being nagged at when before it was, it could have been more like, you know, I can't, can't do this without you. And I, you know, love this about you and you make me want to be better. And now it's like, you never believed in me is what it escalates to. So I think I already talked about the next thing um, for me to talk about the next section is what makes this a red flag and not a temporary life stage. And I think I've already gone through it, but I'm going to just say this portion just to make sure that this is clear. Because again, my hesitance in having this episode for so long is I know that when it comes to money and when it comes to men and masculinity, and even us as women, the way that some of us are very protective over our men and feeling as if we, if we say any kind of criticism that is equal with, with us saying that men are not worth anything and it can like spark this desire to, to overprotect. I want us to be very clear that that's not the intention of this, that I'm talking about a very specific personality type or um, presentation type of a red flag for some people. And it's not that people can never come out of it. What I'm saying is that they are the ones who are in charge of doing the work, not us. So what makes it a red flag and not a temporary life stage? Because sometimes we meet people who are at their lowest. Sometimes we meet people who are struggling because they just got cancer or someone in their life just got cancer or passed away, or there was a big tragedy that happened, or they've been depressed and it truly is abnormal from how they live their life. And to that, I would say for you to know if that's the case, you would need to listen to their full story to see, is this really a season and a chapter in their life? where they've kind of lost their way and they need to rebuild and heal and, and figure out their next step? Or is this just one part of their story? Is this another, is this a season, a chapter where this is the theme of the reason why they will not and choose not to execute on their goals, why they choose not to show up as their best self? And five years before, it was another excuse. And five years before that, it was something else, right? While life just won't ever give them a break. Because what happens in relationships with when you're with these type of people is you end up being drained by their heaviness. You end up not being able to soar like they may have originally um, presented to you or said that they aspire to, but they end up dragging you down to their level and they end up dragging you down to what they think is possible and what they think is comfortable. And you stay there because you're now trying to pull them up as you're soaring as well, right? And especially if you're someone who ends up marrying them or having children with them, now you have not only their heavy weight, but now you have the weight of providing for a family and supporting a family and worrying about what happens if, you know, dad is not in the in the in the house while, you know, you're trying to take care of kids and how that's going to impact them. So there's a lot of things that happen um, if you stay in partnerships with them for a long period of time. Another reason for you to know that this is another way for you to make sure that it's not a a temporary life stage versus a red flag is to look at their mentality 
and whether or not they actually intentionally execute on what they want to change. Because we know that sometimes it's more comfortable, no matter how much you know, it might not be desirable, but sometimes it's more comfortable to stay exactly where you are because there's no risk of rejection or disappointment. And especially if that person has trauma where they've experienced that a lot, it makes sense why they would want to stay there. So it's easier to stay the weight that you are at instead of cutting out sugar or exercising. It's easier to stay in debt instead of you going through the temporary discomfort of saving and practicing discipline. It's easier for you to move from job to job and blame the employer and say it's not your fault instead of maybe looking at maybe you are not a good employee and maybe there's something that you need to actually work on and improve yourself, right? So these are all things for you to keep in mind. I've also said for you to remember that you cannot fix this person's mother wound, no matter how kind you are, no matter how good you are in bed, no matter you know how, how long you plan to, to support them, that is their own trauma they have to fix. Relatedly, you can also not be this man's masculine or father figure. And the reason why I wanted to say that and phrase it in that way is, you know, usually when someone is financially complacent or underachiever, what they're, what they're lacking is like executive leadership skills. And for many of us, we have that in spades. We know how to nav navigate the boardroom. We know how to navigate interviewing. We know how to navigate networking and, you know, trying and starting businesses and ending businesses or, you know, going to the C-suite and beyond. And we may want to impart those skills into this person, but you cannot provide that leadership model for someone that you are trying to partner with who may not want to even grow in that area or feels feels unworthy of operating in that area. You know, men just as much as us feel unworthy when they have unresolved childhood trauma. It may present differently, but they have the exact same feelings that we do. And so you cannot train someone to be stronger and be more self-assured if that's not something they want for themselves. And if that is something that they want for themselves, honestly, they most likely are not going to go to their woman. They're not going to go to their partner. Like they may ask you for feedback and advice, but they are most likely, if they're very dedicated to that. They're going to go and find their own resources so that when they can come here and be with you, they can actually be with you. Right. And so also that you don't accidentally navigate into that place of like nagging and stuff that can dismantle a relationship when it's not clear, healthy communication between the two of you. So last thing I'll say, because I'm getting to the end of the limit that I set for myself, I want you to hear the things I want you to be aware of if you stay, and then I'm going to share the things for you to be prepared for in case you decide to leave. If you stay, be prepared for feeling emotionally gaslit. So a lot of you know, that's not really how it happened or, you know, you're being too sensitive or I help out all the time. I already talked about being dragged down to the their level as far as standard of living and standard of what makes you happy, makes them happy. I also talked about the potential to for them to step out of the relationship because they do 
have a need to feel needed, right? And if they don't feel needed in the relationship, then they're going to find it elsewhere. Elsewhere, And that need to be needed could have nothing to do with you and whether or not, like you could be telling him every day, I need you. But again, it's more about his own sense of trauma and how he feels about himself. You need to be aware that the stress on your body, on your mental health, on your emotions with having the weight of carrying all this most likely will um, not get better if this is not how you want it to be. It's going to continue to be stressful. So please, please, please get with a therapist as soon as you can to process the impact of all this if you're choosing to stay so that you can hopefully get some type of tools or some kind of resources to help you as you um, build a different set of boundaries around the situation that you have for you right now. I'm going to share examples that other people have shared with me about what happens in, happened in their relationships with their partners where this was the case. There was a lot of direct insults that I've heard about as far as them not cutting it, attacks on their looks, attacks on how they are not measuring up to what they could be and how the person deserved better or could get better, and just really a lot of completely devaluing that person that was based on their own resentment and projection of how they felt about themselves, but it was easy to scapegoat and blame their partner for them feeling emasculated, even though that emasculation started before the partnership and they intentionally got in a relationship with someone to take care of them and then resented the person that was taking care of them, right? So there's that. Something else I've heard is... Or at least I mean, this is this is an example from how things started. So I have one client who was telling me about how she she was going back and forth with someone who was a really good friend. And the only thing that was wrong was what I'm discussing exactly here, the financial underachievement and them not really showing up for themselves. And she said that there have been times where, you know, they would they would literally get together and she would <laughs> help him map out a plan, like a 10 or five year plan and, you know, basically be his career coach. And he would get so excited about it and then nothing would happen. And she would be like, well, you know, in all these other ways, he's fantastic except for this. And I'd be like, no, don't do it because this is what you have to look forward to. Like, that's not going to get better. That's exactly where he is. And it'd be different if you were telling me you were fine with that. But what you're telling me is that this is a deal breaker for you and you're willing to overlook it. And if it's actually a deal breaker for you, you need to listen to that. So there's that. If you do choose to leave, here are the things for you to be prepared for. I want you to be prepared for feeling some embarrassment. You know, when you're in a relationship, and this is any type of relationship that is time to take a break. Once you start to replay what happened, you can start to feel some embarrassment. Because you're like looking at all the things that you miss or that you're willing to overlook. And now without you being in that partnership and kind of like numbed to like having to feel the impact of it, you can look back and be like, dang, girl, what were you what were you thinking? And I just want you to know that's normal. That's part of the processing. And I don't I would hate for you to stay in a relationship because you're afraid of feeling embarrassed, especially if it's draining you. Even more reason for you to leave so that you can heal from that embarrassment and move forward. 
So, so yeah, there's that. And then also there could even be double embarrassment if other people saw it. So whether or not those other people are your children, if there are loved ones, or there were times that in public, they made you feel like you were not enough or you weren't cutting it. If they kind of played the victim and other people ganged up on you while they ridiculed you and didn't support you, that can also feel very embarrassing. So there's that. Related to embarrassment is guilt. So guilt if you have little ones or people who you partnered, that you sired, that you that you had. Why did I say sired? Girl, let me, let me that means I'm tired. <laughs> if you had any babies with this person, if you had any children with this with this person or with these people, if you've been in multiple relationships of this nature, you can have some guilt for the impact of how this is going to um, affect them have some regret. Also guilt in case you didn't have children, but you had, like I said before, with people watching. So maybe you had some nieces or nephews or siblings or other people, younger siblings who watch you go through this, you know, you can feel some embarrassment with kind of feeling exposed and maybe feeling like you would be in a bad example. You can feel guilt about feeling like you've lost time. There's that. You also need to be prepared for the person not snapping out of it. So what I mean by that is if you were the enemy by the time you exited the relationship, so y'all did it, y'all moved past the honeymoon to where they actually started to resent your mothering financial impact in their life, that may not go away. I mean, maybe it will, but a lot of times it doesn't. So if you were the enemy at the end of the relationship, you most likely will be added to their roster of people who didn't show up for them and that um, did them wrong and that never believed in them and victimized them and um, stole from them or, you know, set them up for failure. Right. And it's going to, you are going to be the Darth Vader from here going forward and the worst and most corrupt person that ever lived. And if you if you feel as if you really invested a lot and sacrificed a lot and loved this person through and through and gave them a lot of grace, it can be very hurtful for that to be now how you're remembered and discussed with loved ones that maybe y'all share together or just even with strangers that you'll never get to meet. And I just want to say, I just want to validate that and and also name that for you. So that when that happens, you will expect it. But also because you can expect it, maybe not internalize that as maybe that, that that's true. To understand that this is, part, this is part of how they have to process what happened for them to feel safe and seen. And it may not be right, but that's what they need to do. And they will move on to their next relationship and either they will figure it out or the cycle will repeat with the next person. So just be prepared for not really ever getting the thank you or the credit for what you did, you know, unless, of course, they do their own self-work and do their own self-reflection, then that would be really great closure for you. Another emotion for you to be prepared for is envy, envy of this person. And the reason why you will most likely feel envy is that you will find that this person, because they were on the receiving end and you were the one that was giving and giving and giving and kind of draining yourself in a lot of different ways, that this person was unaffected, that they will leave the relationship and feel, at least on the outside, on the outside, they will feel and recover a little bit better than you 
or a little bit faster than you from what happened. And that, and that can provoke some envy in you like, wow, like I just gave all this and I just lost all this and they are just doing just fine. Like they, especially, you know, research shows that men typically rebound quicker than women do to help process their pain just in all relationships, not just this type of relationship, but all relationships is how they work through. This is how they can work through their emotions a lot of times. And that can feel very humiliating and that can make it seem like, well, did I even matter at all? And again, with that, I want to, I want to validate that and say, I get it. But yeah, that, that can definitely happen. And it doesn't mean that it will always be this way, but those can be feelings that you feel at the beginning. A couple more things, and then we will close out this episode for you to be aware of, or if you decide to leave, is being villainized by other people as well. So I kind of already mentioned this when I talked about, you know, them talking about you with other loved ones or shared people in your community. But if this person has really presented as super like kind and loving and docile and passive and lovable, like all the things that made you connect with them, typically people in your community are going to feel the exact same way. And so it can be very common, which happens in lots of breakups and most breakups that people feel like they have to choose sides. And if this person has been really presenting you as the villain and as this controlling, horrible person, or a mean person, or whatever it might be, and they're kind of convincing about that, I want you to be prepared for your friends, or your family, or even your kids choosing them over you. And again, that can make you feel very hopeless, and very powerless, and very, it can feel very unfair. But these are things that you cannot control and so that's why it's going to be very important if you are not connected to a therapist or to a support system to help you work through this and learn how to let go of things and surrender things that you cannot control, that you're, you're going to need to do that. Allow these people to have their own thoughts and learn to let go of things that you can't control. And the last thing, which I kind of already just hit on, if, for you to expect if you leave, is to do that self-work, to do that self self-worth work <laughs> to get your self-love quotient up so that you won't enter into this type of partnership again and you'll be able to expect and require people to show up for you in a different way to have that little ringer or that alarm bell go off if you get into a relationship where someone is seeking for you to mother them which again can feel very romantic at first, especially if you grow up in a codependent settings where you are the caregiver. It can feel very natural to you when we need to switch and change what feels natural for you in partnerships. Um, you can care and love and honor somebody and see them as a great person and also not make it your fault if they can't give you what you want. It has nothing to do with whether or not they are good people and nothing to do with whether or not that means you're selfish. It's just not you're good if you're not a good fit. Okay, you don't have to make it be something it's not. So yeah. That's it, y'all. Woo! Got it in. <laughs> so with the intro and outro, this will probably be a little bit over an hour, but I was worried it's gonna be longer. So 
I hope that this was helpful. I tried to make it as extensive as I can. And for women who needed to hear this or women who've gone through this before, you know, the the extent that these stories go is actually pretty tragic. You know, I've read stories of women whose this exact same situation I'm talking about, the men became so resentful, they end up harming the woman. I already said creating extra, extra families, um, creating Kevin Samuels, you know, rest, red pill groups and just like creating a circle of men who support them and support them and devaluing their partner. It's just, it's very, it's very sad to see how, how this shows up and also is very common. And because this is so common, I just wanted to make sure that y'all heard this so that you can avoid the okie doke in the future. So I'm sending you all love and I hope that you have a great rest of your week. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.